you know, weddings either make you feel great about your stuff uh-huh, or make uh-huh. you be like, you know, this dead. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but. Let's go pick your feet up, though. Let's go pick your feet up, though. 811 crew, we are back in the his house, and you know who we be. I am JT. And I'm Ulysses Slugger Glenn. And we're here. Sluggerific is what I call him. <laughs> And we're excited because we are about two things. Number one, we're going to talk about a bit of a thorny issue, which is how can we get divorced in a way that's not completely jacked up? Now, divorce is always hard for everybody. I don't think there's any such thing as just an absolute perfect divorce. But one of the things we're going to talk about is the different ways in which men and women and couples, how we respond to divorce, how we respond to the trauma of divorce. Right. And 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 what is our mentality of how we move forward? And guess what? You're not going to have to just listen to me and Ulysses talk about this, even though we know Ulysses knows everything, knows everything except what he doesn't know no, about. And I had a good divorce. It right. was just crazy afterwards. But today, <laughs> off the bench to talk about everything that Ulysses doesn't have. know about, we have Adele Curran. Hello, Adele. Adele. What is going on, Hello. Adele, in the house? Right there's hey, I'm so excited fire. to be here. Thank you, Adele. Adele. <laughs> oh, see, you don't fire. sing, do you, Adele? You don't Burning have a singing voice, do you? I already told y'all, please. Diff- please don't ask me. <laughs> oh, I like Adele, you know. Right. Every Uber driver. He's like, oh, Adele, Always Adele. Ask. No. Well, thank goodness. No, not happening. Well, thank goodness we are not here for your singing voice, darling. Right. We are here for you to tell us about the field of your work. Um, you're originally on the show, A, because you are you fit the 811 crew criteria, which is over a certain key age. I know, first of all, right, 38, Adele just turned 39. Yeah. Right. So you yeah. barely all made it. millennials here, right? Right. We're millennials, except Jason. The rest of us are millennials. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. I will tell you that she is probably the first and last University of North Carolina Tar Heel that will ever be on this podcast. Okay, being a UVA grad, we might you have know that it's a lot for me to. We got Eric Moses. We have on the UNC shirt for the podcast. Oh, we have the. Yeah, you know Eric, what? Yeah, Eric we Moses, gonna edit that out. The minister. Not, for, that is John, irrelevant. The minister over at the, at the church. He's from. Oh, you know what? There's some yeah. good North Carolina yeah. people. Larry Smith. We have some good Larry, friends. We do have some Pay good. Pay no attention. Larry, okay. E. Moses, you guys. But go the ahead. pressure is on you, Adele, because <laughs> you're starting off from North Carolina. And I'm sure it's going to be a really interesting conversation today in terms of how do we separate? How do we get divorced? And I guess starting <clears> off, <throat> I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, what this topic, men and women, how we uncouple, how do we play nice or dirty? What are your thoughts on this? You know, I think it's it should be easy because you know you real you know there's one usually there's one person who's like, hey, I don't want to be in this anymore. They come to the other person. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> I'm trying to bounce, and you know, you if it would, like me when my wife said she didn't want to be married anymore, I was like, okay. I kind of was like, really, you're leaving, but all right, go ahead, wow. roll out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to keep it for the kids, but other than that, you're like, all right. But what happens? You realize is that usually the you know the other person at times doesn't want to leave the marriage for whatever reason there might be, whether it can be they you know. Just like the whole idea of marriage, where it's mm. financial, where they don't want to meet anyone, they don't want to go out and try to meet someone else. It's a whole you know variety of things, but 
at that point, if somebody doesn't want me, I'm like, all right, you don't want me no more. I, I, I can do better anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then yeah. I'll try to. And then so, piggybacking, as we talked about this, and we were having some early discussion, just kind of telling Adele a little bit about our own backstories. And I think I might have shared on an earlier podcast, um, Adele, and this is that, you know, my uh, ex and I had about as amicable of a divorce, I think, as possible. It's not like we're like kumbaya singing friends, but that we got a, a disinterested third, a disinterested but interested third party to successfully mediate our divorce, which equaled zero dollars in legal fees. Let that sink in. You know, you can get to zero dollars. It does take some cooperation. But within that range, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of different ways that people handle stuff. And so, Adele, what you you tell us about your practice, who you are, and how you've come to this work, and why we're going to have a great discussion wow. today. <clears throat> well, first of all, I'll say you two are very unusual. Okay, uh-huh. in that you had this really amicable divorce, you spent zero dollars. That is incredibly rare, and that you yeah, were... well, my my ex, she did have a lawyer. I did not. I knew yeah. that I was smart enough. I knew. Like, well, that hard. J- so that was Jason's case. And in right. your case, you're incredibly unusual that's, that's, that your wife came to you and said, I want out, and you're cool with that. That is Static. incredibly <laughs> unusual. Well, that probably speaks to the fact that you really weren't that happy. Either. No, no yeah, I should yeah, have been yeah. divorced first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but, meanwhile, but I was surprised. Still, <laughs> usually the person who's told is like, really upset and angry. So oh, that's really unusual. So, um, Okay, so what was your question? How did I come to this work? Yeah, like, yeah, your work and, <laughs> and your own story. Kind so I um, I came to this work initially because I was a health coach. I've always mm-hmm. loved, like, wellness, prevention. I was a registered nurse before that. Okay. But then I went through a divorce. And after that, I was like, you know what? This is an area that, like, I actually was really difficult for me. I had a pretty darn amicable divorce too okay although there was money spent on lawyers and stuff but for most people that's not the case and for me just coming to that decision was incredibly challenging uh, much more so than the divorce process itself so I was like you know what I want to help people with something that I really struggled with and so I just decided to start a business around it Mm. and then I got trained in something called so I was already trained as a coach but I got trained in a specific style of coaching which is called conscious uncoupling that oh, wow. is what i had okay, not heard google that, that the first time i heard yeah it. a lot of people heard about it initially when and now this has probably been oh my god probably over 10 years ago when gwyneth paltrow and chris martin got divorced and a lot of people yeah. kind of rolled their uh, eyes they're like they sure did they were like it's not conscious uncoupling it's a divorce like, right y'all breaking up yeah, yeah let's just call it what that. it is yeah. but um but that's how it kind of became popular and i heard about it I mean, many years after that, but I got trained in it because I started this business kind of helping people make the decision. And then I was like, I want to help people walk through this in a way that's respectful and kind. And I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me that just because you want to end a relationship, it needs to be nasty. Right. Why, right. Sh- why should it? Right. I mean, you guys are perfect examples. So am I. But for most people, that's not the case. Mm. Like most people spend a ton of money. Oh, yeah, trying to get the other person. And the kids are traumatized and they hurt each other. And it's usually kind of a Can I say that? Yeah. (laughs) So then how do we – so what I'm just confused of is with all that, there's nothing that typically is going to get to our core emotion anything more than our kids. Yeah. Then then right after that, your your money – 
Yeah. You know what I mean, et cetera. But they're pretty close. And then, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then right after that, the person's kid. text that you saw on your partner's phone, maybe. But I digress. I guess what I'm saying is when things are that loaded, all the different tough things that lead to divorce, how do you even possibly even get to the realm of trying to be civil? Like, how does that work? Is it possible? Are there sometimes where it just can't happen? It's a good question. Um, well, it starts with, and I mean, I think this is an essential element of, of not, it doesn't have to be both people, at least one person deciding that it's going to be civil. That's key. Yes. Right. Like yep. there's got to be yep. one person kind of leading this and mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? I don't want to go down that path that my parents went down or my friends went down or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that I want it to be civil. And I'm willing to do what I need to do to make that happen. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, of course there are these big issues around it, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. And is that so, what the, the definition, like how would you define conscious uncoupling? Like is that, like how would you define I that? would define it as a way to break up or divorce um, in a way that is kind and respectful. Wow. And that minimizes damage to, to both you know, both all three parts, kids, mom and dad. Exactly. Minimizes damage. Cause so often, you know, let's face it, people are really damaged by it. Mm -hmm. So do you find that there's one person at most, at times there is a person that's totally against it. Like they want to, that they, they want to be mean regardless. Uh Right. Usually. And that's, I I never understand that. You know, and isn't that mostly the woman No. It's usually actually oh, the, man. the man. Is it the man yeah, who's man. usually yeah. The, the, yeah. the the person who is being difficult? Well, I wouldn't say necessarily being difficult, but we uh, we actually looked this up before because yeah. I wasn't 100% sure, but almost 70% of divorces are initiated by women. Women. So the if, if the woman's initiating it, it's usually the guy is like, no, I don't want this. And, you know, I think, well... Is it based on? I know we didn't look that up, but is it based on? So if you know, if you have the woman's like, okay, I'm going to you know, for a divorce, and the guy already has another family on the other, you know, in southeast, is he really mad or he's like, well, okay, I'm free, you know? So it kind of, I think it more or less depends. The guy probably would be more upset if he's either blindsided or if he's doesn't want to doesn't want the divorce. What do you think? Well, I haven't personally encountered someone who has another family, but no, no, I, I know it happens. Not that they told you. <laughs> not that, not that they told you. I don't know. I, they, I know it happens. I mean, I, um, I, I mean, no one's really getting a divorce because what the guy gained weight. No, they're usually yeah. leaving because he's. I do think it's usually much much harder when someone's blindsided. Much harder. Yeah. Um. But I'd still say it's the rare person who, like I said, like I said to you earlier, it's the rare person who's like, "Oh, you want to leave me? Cool." Cool. Most people are feel really. Um, most people perceive that they're being rejected, and when mm-hmm. people perceive they're being rejected, they don't react well, mm-hmm. even if yeah. they want it out. Yeah, yeah actually, that's true. Yeah, even if they I knew know, logically actually, it wasn't would, working. I literally know people, men like that. They're like, "Oh yeah, they they didn't really want to be married, but I think it's more." They feel rejected. They're yeah. annoyed. Like, which I can't really. Make I can them. Take, I'm like, I'm, okay. Yeah. I felt that way. I I felt the way uh, you felt, Adele. I mean, as I relayed on a uh, on a previous story on our um, podcast, I was completely caught off guard. I definitely clearly knew that we were having problems. 
we were having you know serious problems for years but i will never did never once did i think that our problems were insurmountable yeah. you know I, I just felt like we were never on the same page at the same time to really focus on it to say you know okay we're both going to go in the same it was either her saying come on let's do this and me being unagreeable and not the one or the other way around and then when when she finally hit me after we got back from vacation ironically oh, yeah, so was mine. right right after we got back after from Playa del Carmen after a wedding <laughs> and you know vineyard. weddings and you know weddings either make you feel great about your stuff uh -huh, or make uh -huh. you be like you know this dead anyway <laughs> uh, but when we got back you know that that was what it was and but i was really like I, before that before we went to the wedding but 8 months before that i was completely shocked but I, di I didn't feel bitter. I really took that next eight months, as I think I've said on the podcast, and tried to think of all the ways that I could fix it, all the ways that I could prove that all the things that she thought were impossible that I could do that were they were actually possible if we tried to. So I guess I want to say, when a woman says that she done. When a woman's <laughs> fed up. Is she? Is there ever a time when she when really may not up? be done, or because it seems like when a woman says she's done, she's done? <laughs> what did R. Kelly say? Um, I don't know if that's a male female thing, or if it's just the fact that like almost seventy percent of divorces are initiated by women. Right. I think that whoever initiates the divorce it's is because they're done. Well, and I do think that for people whether it's a male or female once you're done you're done well i i, I, I do think I, before we go to break there's one thing i want to say is that we have to go to break but i can tell you in my case i think my ex-wife did it to kind of like get me like to kind of make me aware of how she was feeling but i was like oh Okay. This is over. Boom. <laughs> don't oh, wow. do that with me. Like, I'm like okay. Like, you don't get off this ride? Me, like, wait a minute. Like, you know, my mama said, you know, don't be a fool for nobody. Like, there's a million women. I, you know, women's like a bus. You'll find one five more minutes. <laughs> this wow. ride differently. Wow. Well, there is, is, this is break time. And right. you know, break. The, the, the opinions of the A11 crew are unique <laughs> to that crew member. No, I'm just kidding. Right. No, that, that does make sense. We'll be back. We'll be back. Thank you. 11 crew we are back and we are on some thorny issues we're What's trying to understand hello life love relationships <laughs> and today we're going to continue talking with adele kern about conscious uncoupling what that means and so adele over break i'm thinking look my girl says i'm done with you i'm done i'm out what do i do now i'm feeling hurt i'm feeling rejected i'm pissed is that when I, that's is that when I, when I should call Adele? I should call Adele? Should I have been called you? Like, what is the access point to your services? <laughs> are you are you at weddings handing out your card? Right. Oh, yeah. that's, right. that's you should, a good idea. When right. do people know um, you get, Adele, get Adele on the phone? You well, tell you. well, yeah, but before, before that, I would say as hard as it is, because when you are the person who's been um, rejected, especially if you feel totally blindsided. <laughs> the dumpy. I'm sorry. Sorry? No, go. <laughs> the dumpy, the dumper, it's, the dumpy. It's, it's emotional, right? Yes. Like when people, I, I actually find this fascinating, psychologically speaking, what happens in your brain when you're being left, it activates the same part of your brain as when you're falling in love. So people oh, are more likely whoa. to like cling on. And people tend to feel the way a child would feel if they're being abandoned. So even if like logically, you know, the relationship isn't good, people are like, wait a minute. 
don't leave, you know, Um, and can do some pretty crazy stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. why people act so crazy. So first thing is to try to get yourself like, I know, and as hard as it is, like regulated, so you mm-hmm. don't do some something really crazy. Okay. And this is like people do all kinds of crazy stuff, like keying cars. I don't know, hiring private investigators, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff you hear about. Um, and so, how do you do that? Like, I would say, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm like a huge favor. I mean, a huge fan of meditation and stuff like that. Okay. But most people don't have that kind of practice to rely on. So I would go look up. Um, someone to work with, whether it's a therapist or a coach. Um, I mean, since I do conscious uncoupling, I'm a huge fan of that. So okay. that would be, I would call someone pretty much right away. A therapist, okay. Especially if you can't get yourself like regulated, calm yeah. regulated, down, calm yeah. down um, before you do the crazy stuff. But yeah, it's, it's important to, to work with somebody right away before all the crazy starts. Um, I also would ask the other person, like, look, are you willing to work with me at all? Because if there is any space for, for the other person to actually want to work with you, you mm-hmm. could potentially still salvage it. Mm-hmm. Um, if the person's like, no, it's important to face reality and be like, okay, well, um, rather than letting this go down a path of destruction, let's get this, you know, go, you know, off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Ulysses, are you going to ask? What I've been wondering, I mean, like, you know, I love I, have a, I, have a I love questions. a great ending, but I also love a train wreck. Train wreck, yeah. Now, you're like, wow. I mean, are there any story, are there any tales from the crypt here? I mean, are there oh. any just things where, can you give us an example of when things just went just completely off the rails or, you know, or, is, am I bad for you? Or do you have any examples when things were going off the rail and they came and contacted you and you put it back? You know what? That's probably a better Th- that, question. That is a good question. Yeah. Thank you, Ulysses. You know, I, I wish I had like some really fun, horrible stories, but you I kind of don't. So all your stories have like, happy endings? No, I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more along wow. the lines of like, I mean, more a typical situation is the person is like, Look, I want this, and they don't. This is very typical for me because I actually, before I got certified in conscious uncoupling, mm-hmm. was working with people who are just trying to make a decision about what to do. Mm-hmm. So I tend to get pe- those people. So more often than not, I have someone who comes to me who's like, I'm pretty sure I want out of this relationship or to get mm-hmm. divorced, but this other person doesn't want it. And so mm-hmm. therefore, I feel trapped. Mm-hmm. And it's not so. I have had some situations where the other person's doing something that's not ideal, but never, mm. never too dramatic. But what happens more often than not is I get that person to a place where it's not like they don't care that the other person's not happy, but they learn to live with it mm-hmm. and move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some really crazy stories out there. <laughs> I just right. read oh, about one today, like a guy who got really upset that that he was ditched and he hired somebody to throw lie in the woman's face oh, and oh, wow. stuff oh, no. like that. No, no. Who yeah, does no, that? No, that? No, no, That's no, no. I'm not going to jail. No. Well, no. the guy, it, what's actually crazy about that story is the guy, went, I just Googled him today, he went to jail and then after 14 years they released him and the couple got remarried. You know what? Or got she's, married. You know what? She's crazy. Yeah. It's her. Yeah. It's her. It's, her. it's not him. You know, it's her. No, no. What it's happened her. was, <laughs> what happened was the lie missed her face. Gotcha. It got on. It, it got, got on his finger, brain. burnt his hand, and missed her face completely. <laughs> what? And so, right, karma is right. Well, actually, says. that brings up a good point, which is like the fact that so often people want to 
point the finger at the other person yes. for being yeah. a horrible person. But the fact of the matter is, if I weren't like a little bit, um, I hate to use the word crazy because, you know, whatever. If I if I didn't have my own issues, I wouldn't have stayed with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have married him in the first place. I wouldn't have married him in the first place. So that's one great thing about conscious uncoupling is it helps you realize, like, right. why did I stay in this situation mm-hmm. that was right. so, so I, bad I for me for so long? <laughs> but now how does yeah. this change, though, in your in your in, in your in our relationships, in your practice? When now, like, like in the in the mode now where we're divorced, or when we're now in a relationship now, because it occurs to me that that there's a part of there's the breakup phase where okay, I'm thinking about getting a, a divorce, but then now we're single, you know, how does that apply, you know, in our single lives, or do people put do divorcees put as much seriousness in that next relationship, boyfriend girlfriend, or do you feel like this is the conscious uncoupling is more when you are around the institution of marriage. You know what I mean? Is it, or can it be used? For instance, you know, I've I've been seeing somebody for a while, my little thing, and I don't even know if I want to mess with her no more. I mean, is that <laughs> is it, is the same thing? Or well. Is it, Usually, people would only use conscious uncoupling for a relationship that they considered serious. Like, but whether or not they were married or just living together or dating for a long time or whatever. I mean, I do see a trend with clients who are just living together and don't even have kids, as opposed to being married with children or whatever. But it's it would be. I mean, most people wouldn't wouldn't take it that seriously. No, for somebody they're just dating. But I thought maybe where where you're going earlier is like, is it useful to go through this process after you're already divorced because mm. we're talking about being single and mm. yeah i mean i have worked with people who are already divorced in fact when i was getting trained we had to coach each other and so we had to pick a relationship to consciously and couple from oh. and so i picked my already ex-husband and so but what the process does is it gives you a lot of insight about like okay why did i choose this person what did i how did i contribute to the to the dynamic in the relationship and it helps you change those things so that going forward on your next relationship you aren't doing the same thing again Mm -hmm. which is what we tend to do unless we make you know we make real changes yeah when i um one place that i feel like uh that my ex and i really did some conscious uncoupling was with respect to our kids Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ask you, you know, does your practice extend to the kids? I mean, I know mm-hmm. that when we, when, when, when Stacey and I, when we went uh, and had family counseling and we had a specific psychologist who, a child psychologist, and we met together, you know, uh, she and I, the kids with the psychologist. And it was amazing just sitting there listening where we didn't say anything. And all they did was talk to the kids. And, you know, my uh, my son was 11 and my daughter was seven. And the feedback that they gave, I mean, it was just invaluable. I'm so glad that we had a third party mm-hmm. talk to the kids. And, and it seemed almost like a conscious uncoupling with the kids, right? Because they have to completely stop thinking of us as a family unit and now from one household to two households. I mean, it's a that's a big thing as well, isn't it? It's well, huge. I, well, actually, I, I kind of disagree because even though you, you're still a family, I think that's, you know, just mom and dad just aren't living together. Mm. So I think even with your, with, your un- or with your unconscious uncoupling, the family, you know, we're just not all going on vacations together, but we're still a family. And so 
you're going, you still should be, in my mind, the mom and dad should still be amicable, be able to mm-hmm. talk about things dealing with the kids. Which brings me up to the question is that, so do you tell your clients, you know, like after the kids are 18 or after they're, you know, done with college, how do they, how do they have a relationship then? So they really have nothing to talk about. The kids are grown, you know, mm-hmm. unless the kids are getting married or something like having a kid. And I think I asked you that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to call Stacy? Like, hey, good morning. Mm-hmm. How was your day? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, right. it, what, what happens? You know, if you're in another relationship, how does that work? You know, you're not going to keep, if you know, if you are with that good of friends, you should have stayed together. At that mm-hmm. point, you're like, Uh-oh. I mean, really, so <laughs> I think there were several questions there. Like, yeah. you, so you were like, does conscious uncoupling extend to the kids? And definitely. Hmm. So that's that's one of the major reasons to, to utilize this method is mm-hmm. so that you won't be damaging your kids in the process, which yes. let's face it, you guys, it sounds like, did an amazing job with that. Most people don't. Mm-mm. A lot of people will actually use their kids as pawns that and they're, the they're sick yeah. game. That you is know? so sick and, and it And ha- it happens a lot. So one of the one of the main reasons that you would do this is to minimize damage to your kids. I don't the way because this is coaching, I don't tend to give advice, but one of the things that we do is early on um we we set uh, intentions, right? Like what's your intention for your relationship with this person going forward? What's your intention for how you're gonna work as a family that's no longer living under the same roof? Mm-hmm. What's your intention for like what your co-parenting is gonna look like? And I guess, you know, to your question, that will have to evolve over time, right? right. Like the way that your relationship looks, I mean, and that evolves as a parent anyway, as yeah. you guys know. Like the, the way our my relationship with my kids when they're two and three is nothing like it is as mm-hmm. nineteen and yeah, seventeen, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So that's going to evolve over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So I think you'd have to re- re- revise that. Right? So do you think that? So what do you think the parents' relationship should be after the kids are out of the house? So do the parents still maintain a relationship, or it's it's really up to them? I mean, you know, or, like a, a better example. Let's say if I'm getting a divorce and my kids are already out of the house. So we, you know, we're empty nesters, and which is a huge thing. That's mm-hmm. again, I know we have a lot of friends that become empty nesters, and you're like, they're like, oh, okay, there's no reason for this anymore. Okay, <laughs> we, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a big time, when right? People... So do they? How do you speak to them about keeping their relationships? Because the kids are older now, so you're like, you know, they're fighting. I guess you know, the parents are basically arguing at that point about money or the yeah. house assets yeah i mean it still impacts the kids a lot like i've talked yes. to a lot of people whose ki- whose parents got divorced and they're in college and they were super upset about it but you know again in the the way coaching works is it's less about me saying this is the kind of relationship you should have as opposed to me asking somebody you know what kind of relationship do you guys want to have what's mm-hmm. going to work best and of course the whole time i'm encouraging them to be supportive and kind right. and respectful but i'm not going to tell somebody like look this is what it needs to look like like okay. what, how how is that going to work for you guys and for your kids right mm-hmm. some people don't want to have any contact like for example the the kind of um the couple who's separating who already gets along pretty well and mm-hmm. they're just like look we're you know we've grown apart is going to have a different relationship from someone who's dealing with something really toxic right. like if in that right. case they might really be better off to not communicate yeah it depends in other words you know this is a very very touchy subject right and it's something that obviously is uh very specific 
and very unique to the couples that are involved, the kids, mm -hmm. and everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's uh, experience is very different. Um, Adele, we are very fortunate that we're going to have Adele be able to join us for uh, another segment here. Part two. Uh, a, a, a part two. Because uh, after that, dark. that means part two in French. <laughs> But, uh, right, dark. right, exactly. But, um, you know, in, 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 a, in, in when we talk about this further, I really want to get more into the social aspects of this in your things. Like, so, for instance, social media is a big deal. Right. I mean, there there is a perception about what people think relationships should be. And then I wonder mm. how big the difference. How does the reality not being what people think things should be on social media and how does that, you know, play into things with both kids and families? But um, please stick around, y'all. Adele, thanks for being on here. Let's chop this up some thanks more. Thanks for having me. But for right thanks now, A11 crew, we're out. Let's go, pick your feet up, though. Let's go, pick your feet up, though. Come on.